Welcome to another edition of Between Two Beats. With me, as usual, is Ariel. Say hi, Ariel. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. And for those of you that are watching uh, on our Twitch Cricket channel, chat channel, the chat channel is open. Feel free uh, to put your comments in there. We've done the mandatory welcome to all the crickets. Uh, and we have an extra viewer. So that means your dad's now in the office. So yay, welcome, Trevor. Feel free to, to, uh, to say hello in the chat. Uh, you are the official uh, number one Twitch cricket. Number one fan. <laughs> number one fan. And, and behind the scene uh, producer of the series as well. Also, for those of you that are watching this after the fact, uh, I could not be doing this uh, without Ariel and Trevor. And I've collaborated with Trevor for a very long time. And uh, the last few months collaborating with Ariel with great fanfare and success. The crickets are happy. <laughs> this is true. This is true. We try. We try to please. We aim to please. Well, you know, we always joke about this. It's, it's the every day is the iteration. Like today we're playing a bit with the audio. We're playing a bit with the video, you know, a bit of audio delay and making sure that, you know, you're not, you know, as red as you were in the last broadcast, you know, because we're still very much learning. And, and uh, we got it to a point where it was working. And what I realized, and this is applies to a lot of stuff, you get it working and then you freak out because you think you're going to break it. So you leave it at that 80% and that last 20% requires you to be comfortable enough that you may break it. And yeah. I think I stopped at that point where everything got working because, you know, two months of, of slugging this. Yeah, uh, so so I'm at a point now where we do need to tweak. And, and I noticed a few things in the last ones uh, that, that I wanted to fix. So uh, for those of you that are watching this live, uh, I'm hoping the audio is in great sync. Uh, if it's not, we'll, we'll obviously catch it afterwards and I'll fix it. So I am going as cold as cold can be into this conversation, which I got to say, and I've said it before, is both fearless, fearful, and um, joyful, I guess, to a degree. Uh, and it's one of those things where if I honestly don't know something, I'm not going to make it up. I'll, I'll just admit I don't know it. So that that's the beauty of an AMA. The answer may just be, well, I don't know. <laughs> And that's a perfectly okay answer. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to turn the uh, podcast officially uh, to Ariel, and Ariel will kick it off. Okay, Rob, I know you don't know anything about the conversation today, about any of the questions that I came up, but I wanted to kind of elaborate on what you had said the other day. You, when our, in our previous podcast, uh, you talked about small screen, big thumb. So mm. I wanted to dive into the mobile web. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you know a lot about this. So I guess the first question I have off the bat is that I keep seeing notes come up and I'm sure many other people as well, they're on the web would see it, but Google saying that they're indexing the mobile version of whatever site you're on. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to see um, and ask you, what does this exactly mean? Yep. No, no. So fundamentally the screens used to be desktops, right? Because that's, you know, we didn't have laptops. <laughs> yeah. Know, we, we or phones. Or phones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like I said, uh, to, to put it in context, I did some of the first mobile phone work and we're talking WAP, uh, WAP protocol, which was basically just a fancy series of, of text exchange, almost like a chatbot to this day. Uh, and it was all text and it was all back and forth and there was nothing fancy, but it was on the phone and it, there was no display. The, the, these were still flip phone bricks type of things, right? So mm -hmm. we've come a long way. The screens have gotten bigger, smaller, wrists, 
you know, uh, and fundamentally what that does mean is how Google represents great content has to play into, and we brought this up with the user experience. If the the majority, and, and it is true, the majority of hits are via mobile device and your site is not mobile friendly, the UX will be horrible. The mm -hmm. UI may not work, right? We talked about where do I click for the link? If I'm on a mobile phone, I'm looking for the big shiny thing. And if it's not a small little piece of text, how big is the text, <laughs> right? A yeah. lot of things are sometimes built for a big screen. And when you bring it down onto a small screen, it changes the responsiveness. Things all of a sudden go above, below, as opposed to side to side. And it changes the order depending on how well Joe or I or you or whoever coded it, right? Uh, but a lot of people don't do that. So it's not responsive, which is a key statement right there. And all of a sudden you've got that original desktop layout trying to display on a mobile layout, right? So Google has come around and, and everybody, because Google is the de facto you on the internet. They represent every user on the planet in that roundabout way. So what is their experience, both from a bot point of view and a human point of view? And a lot of that is mobile. So when they say they will index first is they will assess your content and your layout on a mobile viewer as opposed to a desktop viewer and it will be stringent on certain metrics, and we talked about the core, uh, what were the, the the core digital values or the core web metrics, or I forget what the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the latest term is. Yeah, you know it better than me. What what is it? Uh, core web. Core web. <laughs> the core web. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. I, I, had, a, yeah. I had a Trevor Trevor yeah, passing. Yeah, but, but, but that's that's kind of thank you, producer Trev. You could have put that in the chat. Feel free to put it in the chat. But yes, that <laughs> that basic building block of what Google is currently saying as what's important, right, is mm. very mobile specific. How fast does it load? How close are the text together? Are the buttons too close together? Or is the text too small? Is the graphic not displaying properly? All of those things that we talk about with those core metrics uh, or whatever terminology, you know, like I said, one is a Google terminology and one is just me saying a word, but they're all saying what is deemed important on the algorithm to say that yeah. your content is proper to be indexed and thus ranked based on those metrics. And they use, you know, hundreds and thousands of metrics, you mm -hmm. know, but fundamentally lately, a lot of it is mobile because mobile. Now, keep in mind, that's going to change in a few years when all of a sudden their rank zero means you're not even going to the website because it's showing up on Google and we're all on like an Alexa or Google <laughs> voice. And now all of a sudden it changes the interface, right? So we're talking, what is the mass interface to the internet? a mobile device. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, everybody now being on their phones, like it kind of does make sense. Um, like, I mean, I know for myself personally, a lot of the times when I do search, it's on my phone just because it's so easy and so handy to have it there. Um, at any point, it's not like you have to wait to get home to search it on your computer. Um, but my uh, going into my another my second question is what really is the biggest difference between the desktop experience and the mobile experience? Screen size is the big one, and then you're not using keyboards, right? So so what is the UI? What is the UI? The UI is the user interface. So the user interface is how do I enter and how do mm -hmm. I view? 
at its core, right? There's yep. more elements, but that's it. So how am I entering data on a desktop? It's a big-ass keyboard with a big-ass screen, multiple screens. I'm comfortable. I'm set up. I'm laid out. I can see the big pictures, right? And then you go to your phone. It's like, yeah, are you going to double-tap it like the BlackBerry? Are you going to single tap it like the smartphones? You know, and I used to be a double tapper like crazy and <laughs> I'm a fast typist, but I'm still this on a smartphone. I'm old man Levine on the smartphone because I don't use a lot of apps. Uh, but fundamentally on the BlackBerry, which was, you know, predates all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Was, but because it was still a keyboard. Right. So we went mm -hmm. away from the QWERTY uh, layout, which ironically was to, built to slow us down because uh, you know, for those that may not know us, the original keyboard layout was alphabetical and we were too fast and we were breaking the mechanics. So they introduced a new layout called QWERTY, which is the Q-W-E-R-T-Y that you see on your keyboard, to slow you down. And then we basically became really good at typing on a QWERTY keyboard where we were doing 100 <laughs> and we had to fix the machines again. But yeah, fundamentally, your layout of your keyboard was meant to slow down the interface. So when we talk about the UI UX experience, yeah. I am now looking at graphics, typically. My videos, which are typically 16 by nine, are now on the nine by 16 screen. Literally the opposite. So what do you get? Yeah. The black bars above, the black bars below. Uh, do you look at squares versus rectangles? You know, All of those things come into play. And then text. How much text are you willing to read on your mobile phone? How does that lay out? Is it multiple click-throughs to multiple pages, or is it an infinite scroll, which did not exist 10 years ago? Now we have to have either load on, click on button, or infinite scroll. And most, more and more, it's infinite scroll. You do not want to be clicking on anything. You literally, what is your process? It's this, swipe up, swipe left, swipe right. It's those motions, <laughs> right? Whatever the app yeah. that is, you know, and, and then it, it comes down to tap, triple tap. That's it, right? That's the interface. So you're not thinking keyboard. You're not thinking mouse. You're not thinking big screen. And all of a sudden, you got these companies that spent millions building websites in the early days and then tens mm -hmm. of thousands in the other years and then peanuts now going, well, I invested all this money. I, I need to be on the thing. And then they're, you know, website poor. So they don't do anything. And all of a sudden their website starts tanking because it's a 10-year-old car on the lot, all dusty and sitting beside a Ferrari. So for people who are yeah. looking to put together a website or get a website made for their company, mm -hmm. what are things that they should consider in relation to the mobile web? Fundamentally, device responsiveness is the key term, right? Most sites are built on WordPress. Let's call it what it is. Most sites out there are WordPress sites because we've gone to a point where it's like, hey, it's a lot easier to just load this up and build from there. So yeah. it takes care of a lot of that device responsiveness because the theme builders, and typically you're buying a particular theme. So we're very pro Avada, both you and, and Smashing Pixels and I. Uh, mm -hmm. So Avada is very device responsive, but even then, I have very well-built Avada sites that are throwing mobile errors, saying the buns are too close or the text is too small. And I'm like, no, that, that is absolutely a lie. So it's the bot making an assessment. And sometimes it doesn't load it properly. I've resubmitted the same page three times and gotten three separate results from the Google bot saying whether or not it's mobile friendly or not, right? So imagine uh, something coming by a month later, hitting your site again. So how mm -hmm. is it important? 
it's very important because if your end goal is to be found and, and interacted with on the internet and the appliance of choice is something the size of a wristwatch. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like <laughs> I said, I grew, I, grew, I grew up where Dick Tracy had the wristwatch and that was, oh my God, imagine a world where that was the case. And yeah, you're, you know, I've got one. I haven't worn a watch in so long, but when I wear it, it's a digital watch, you know, with yeah. all the sensors and stuff like that. Right. So what is the interface? Then what is the user experience on that interface? So if you have not modified your site, to have a good user interface, a properly working user interface and a delightful user experience, and I'm just tying our past chats into this, Yeah, you're going to not convert. So if your end goal is to convert on that medium, platform, mm -hmm. whatever, what is the customer journey? And if the customer journey is me sitting on the can DMing Dave Levac, the MPP, because that's what we can do now versus going through the pomp and circumstances of setting up, you know, royal invitations to see the Speaker of the House. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like King's Buffet on the can, DMing my MPP. That's the world we live in. That's a mobile device when you're not doing something else. That's a prime example of what would have been letter writing campaigns, proper scheduling, you know, meetings. What has changed? You know, that experience, that journey has changed dramatically because of the phone. And like I said, wristwatch yeah. being something entirely different because that wristwatch is too small for it to be a great interface. So that's going to be a voice activated interface. It has to be. Okay. You will not be doing a lot of tapping, swiping and whatnot, other than maybe navigating through a couple of apps. Those things will become an extension of Siri, Alexa, the list goes on. Because mm -hmm. you cannot get to a point, because I've been to those small screens. You're limited in what you can do with a small, 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 small screen. You are. They're very small. And like, they only do go so big. Like I have the smallest version yeah. and that's pretty big. And I know there's a one like a little bit bigger, um, but yeah, no, they are quite, they are quite tiny. There's not much I think you could do on it. They're fundamentally going to be control units for all of the appliances in your house. That's it. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. also going back to it's a swipe and a tap. It's a swipe and a tap. It's not a type. It's not a scroll. It's not a mouse move. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our interface has changed to swipes and taps on a very, very small screen. And like I said, the emerging player, because we need to be hands free, mm -hmm. is voice. Now, like I said before, all the work you've done on a word like laving or churuka gets thrown out the window. Because what is the voice recognition of that word? What is the proper pronunciation of that word? Do you own all the domain variants of your name? Meaning, does it understand Sharuka, Chiruka, you know, and the list goes on, right? No. Yaraka, Chewbacca. Exactly, right? <laughs> that, that's your basic SEO glitch, right? Was it between two beats? Was it between two beats? Or was it between two beats? All written mm -hmm. differently, right? So yeah. the vocal interface is that next piece, but back to the, the mobile phone. Yeah, it's big thumbs, small screens. It's not mm -hmm. multiple fingers, keyboard, big screen. That is a completely different environment. And like I said, you are not in an office. You are not at home. You are on the can, you know, and yeah. I don't call it what it is, you know, like. That's <laughs>
I was going to say, especially even more now than ever, because people are working from home with COVID, like a lot more people than ever. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I mean, it is convenient because you walk around and you have your phone and you can talk on your phone, you can text on your phone, you go on the internet on your phone. And I definitely have been to sites before where they're not mobile friendly, less now, because I think a lot of people are jumping on that train because they have clued into the importance of it. But it's not indexed and you're like having to like scroll all the way to the right on your tiny screen because it's like your screen's this way and everything's written this way for a desktop and mm -hmm. it's like you just exit out the you exit out of the site i came i like, saw I, I puked i laughed right yeah well, going exactly. back to the user experience now that is a flaw in the user interface first and foremost that then led into a horrible user experience Mm -hmm. Right. And then that goes back to the fundamentals. We brought this up. Know your tech stack. Know your tech. You know, your website is part of that tech stack. If it's a platform, how good is the platform across multiple medias? We pick Avada and that's a plug for Avada. It's a great, you know, uh, theme, but it's well maintained. It's the one that it's, of all the themes that we work on. It's the one that Joe and I, when we see update, we click on it. We don't care. We're not worried. It's done. You know what I mean? Because we know it's been properly tested. So it's that yeah, same it's also, thing. Yeah. I was going to say, it's also very user-friendly for somebody that's not a coder or not, but I do work in this space. Sometimes my dad does get me to work on sites and there's always, I can see in the back end, like it'll say like mobile mobile version and then it'll say desktop version mm. and I can I can see all of them, you need but it's that very stuff. easy very easy to navigate around so yeah. and that's going back to, you know, you get to a point where a bunch of developers have gotten tired and have just grouped and grouped and grouped and grouped and either monetized it or, or not monetized it, right? But fundamentally, you got to pick platforms that will do the majority of the five-year, 10-year planning that you don't even know about, okay? Because like I said, you're not all CIOs. You're not all tech wizards, you know what I mean? The masses have come to this expecting appliances. That's mm. and, and with COVID, the masses showed up a lot faster, much, much more in, in, in group size and everything in a very short period of time, like 20 years of pushing ideas to people and then two days. You know, we joke about it, but that's all it took. So now all of a sudden, yeah, the awareness, the frustration levels, you know, um, people using, you know, apps are growing more and more and more. And then you get into how good is the smartphone? Is it slow? Is it fast? Is your connection fast enough? Or is your app even qualified to run on the phone that you have? Half the apps, iOS. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> know, exactly. Right. So all of that stuff comes into a larger question of, mm -hmm. you know, what is your tech stack? But if you're talking purely a website, and your client base is no longer sitting in front of a big screen and you're still designing like the 90s and I designed in the 90s, you know what I mean? And a lot of people are still designing like the 90s. No, mm -hmm. you know, literally one button with a little bit of text will probably do more conversions on a mobile website than that mm -hmm. thousand, 10,000 essay that we used to pitch. Because what is it about? I arrived, I got what I needed, I left happy. Yeah. So to stick with the yep. theme of how we, I kind of do my questions based around like 
where we were, mm -hmm. where we are now, and then where we are, where we're headed. So future speak, um, what do you think this looks like for the future? Like, do you really think that desktops will be eliminated indefinitely? Do you think like mobile has already surpassed desktop? I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it has at this point because everybody has um, like, even people that aren't tech savvy, like my grandfather, who has no probably no idea his phone even has internet, has a phone that allows him to go on the internet. Um, do you think that, yeah, desktops are are going to eventually be eliminated? I, I think they already have in some capacity. And what I mean by that is that you will have an appliance, a new appliance, no different than a VCR or whatnot that is sitting and powered on. It mm -hmm. is no different than your router, and it's your media center, PC, whatever you want to call it. And it will drive large TV screens in your house, whether or not that it's an office setup or so we have that with all of these consoles, you know, Xbox, Playstations, you know, that do Netflix. That's really the evolution in that is it's less about where the machine is sitting. You know, I grew up on with mainframes. They were in a different room behind security glass. I did not sit in front of one. You know what I mean? So, so the same applies. It does not necessarily need to be at your desktop. It needs to be in your infrastructure to process what you are asking. Now, how do you interface with that? Well, in the world of Bluetooth and in the world of, you know, let's say we've got great 5G video over IP and we don't need HDMI, you know, or something like that. Theoretically, your, your TVs are now going to be wireless, right? So now you get into a 5G TV capable of receiving anything that your computer is broadcasting, no different than a lot of the other stuff we're doing. Because with your phones, you are able to broadcast what you're watching on your phone to your TV. You can do that. Yeah, now. like through like Air, like yeah. AirPlay or whatever. Or yeah, exactly. Google, Google Chrome Stick. Exactly. That, that, like, there's variations on that theme, but fundamentally think in reverse, right? So to me, it's less about the computer or the laptop or the tablet or the phone. It's going to be where you are and what appliance that you have handy. And some appliances are better comfortably sitting down on a sofa. And it, that means it's a remote. A very simple <laughs> smartphone remote that, you know, your yeah. voice, right? And that's the other thing. Everything's going to become more and more voice command. I, it has to be. Or mm -hmm. it'll become more AI driven. It'll know before you ask. And what I mean by that is it's, it'll know your patterns. If you're constantly getting up at eight, it'll warm up the house. It'll turn on the light. It'll do this, you know. And I remember Bill Gates joking about this. 30 years ago when he built his house, he had a whole bunch of TVs all along the walls. And as he would walk into the room, the lights would come on and the TVs would display the artwork that he loved. And then when his wife, ex-wife, walked through that, that same house, it would show what she wanted to see on that. And that was visionary back then and realistically possible now. Right. Yeah. So it's more what is your input and what is your output? That's that's it. That that's going to always be needed. But your input's probably going to be smaller screens, tap, swipe, voice. But mm -hmm. I think we're going to go back to larger screens, you know, especially as they become lighter and cheaper and stuff like that. You know, entire wallfuls where all of a sudden when you walk into your office, yeah, the desktop's nowhere to be seen. It's in the cloud. It doesn't need to be because we're going to be far more cloud-based. It's going back to the mainframe, really. It's, it, we always have a pendulum. Okay, it goes all the way here. We learn something from that, and it swings all the way back. And then we learn something from that, and it swings all the way back. And that's that's tech. That's life. That's everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And we went from mainframes to desktops 
to client server, to the cloud, back to, to smartphones, to distribute it, you know. And, and we're now getting back to, yeah, I just need a, a, a something that is powerful enough to process stuff and to display it somewhere. And it doesn't, it should not care whether or not my browser is on my phone or on that screen. The machine will probably follow you no different than how Netflix knows where you left off. Yeah. When you go from, imagine that as you're walking from one room to the other, your content is following you from screen to screen. It's not impossible and it's feasible now. And I think that's what it's going to be is you will have a need to always be connected. And yeah, you're talking neurochips next. You know, you're going to get the first, in this year, you're going to get the first neural chip implant. Okay, so the issue there is more bandwidth. How fast can your brain connect? So imagine being connected to the Google Cloud and having every mm -hmm. answer available to you on, on the fly. You have that with the internet, but imagine all the steps you need to do to do that. Mm -hmm. We are literally at a point where you will think it, it will issue the query via the API, and we'll send it back to you via 5G signal to your brain. Like, that's 2021 tech. I know, right? So it's not necessarily about the future. It's what is the easiest convenient means for you to input where you are and how is mm -hmm. the most efficient way for you to get that output? And then what's doing the processing behind the scenes? Is it the cloud? Is it your desktop? Is it your laptop? But that's it. That's fundamentally it. It's a one, two, three, you know, and that's completely distributed. It has to be. And yeah, screens can't get any smaller. It's, I think I'm just like still mind blown. It just to like, it's weird. Obviously I was born in 97. So mm. early two thousands and even like, I mean, like I didn't grow up with like what we talked about, I did yeah. like dial, dial, yeah. dial up internet and stuff like that. But I, I remember my first phone's like, a, like a flip phone and mm. like, there's no internet on it. Like you couldn't, it was very, like very basic. And then the slide phones and then the Blackberries came out. Mm. My dad always had a Blackberry yeah, and. I, when, um, when I left corporate, I had BlackBerry vibration syndrome for six months. My hip was vibrating nonstop for six <laughs> months after I lost my job because that's how much my vibra you know, my vibrating BlackBerry was going off. I was getting 200 yeah. messages an hour. But it's just like, it's just mind blowing when you talk about it out loud, like where we're going oh. and even just like, I mean, we came on to chat about like mobile web and even there we're just so far advanced from mobile web We're already. at the end of it almost. Yeah, like I don't. We are almost at the end of what is traditionally understood as the mobile web. It like mm -hmm. it's 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 the fact that the masses are here. We joke about this. When do things drastically change? When a shit ton of people show up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mobile, yeah, th that is that is democratization of the planet too. Because you know when we start talking about access to stuff. You know, and we, we, you know, we could talk about blockchain and currency, cryptocurrency, not that I want to, but that model is anybody with a phone on the planet now has a bank account. You cannot yeah. get a bank account in, in two thirds of the world without an address, but you can get a phone. So yeah. when you think about the access point of the entire population, because there's more phones than there are people, okay, <laughs> that is a shit ton of people accessing one platform i'm shocked that covid didn't break it but you know gen x people built it so it's yeah 
anyways i think overall is my my questions were answered quite well like i i definitely left with um more than i came in knowing and i think the one of the coolest things that i heard you mention was the alpha keyboard i actually didn't really know that i don't even know if maybe when i was younger if keyboards looked like that i can't really nope. remember you would always but... know them as qwerty and if you look down at your keyboard right yeah. now it's q w e r t y that's that's that top shelf and they're yeah. all spread out and you were literally the original entry points broke the mechanisms because think about what the mech what what available tools and and alloys were available back then it'd be easy to break anything if you were whacking it a hundred times a second or a minute yeah or a minute. i guess i the only thing that i can think of would be my grandmother has a typewriter yeah and i if i remember looking at it it might have been no nope. I, I guarantee it'd be no? QWERTY, it'd be qwerty we're going back to like really early years we're talking you know 1930s we're talking close to 100 years ago when this decision was made. Long oh, ago. Long time. This is the predates me. But what I was getting at is the interface has always been an important part. Okay. That user mm -hmm. interface we talked about, right? So what was the user experience of that original keyboard? It kept on breaking. You know, the term debug. Okay. I kid you not. You've heard the term we're debugging something, right? Yeah. In the yep. mainframe days, that meant removing the burnt rat out of the mainframe meant removing bugs from the electrical shorts. <laughs> That's where debugging came from. Okay, you gotta go back to the roots on all of this, which is why I love these little conversations of ours because it really spans a lot uh, mm -hmm. uh, of history there. But yeah, the, the term debugging has its roots in removing bugs from hardware. The, the keyboard got its layout because we were too good at it. And then all of a sudden an entire industry of typewriter specialists came into play and made us all efficient at it. Okay. <laughs> because, and now you look at the new modern, uh, you know, the swipe forward keyboards, you know, where you're basically just doing the swirling on the keyboard. I forget what they're called. You know, there's variations on the smartphones to replicate it, but yeah, it's, it's mostly AI driven awareness mm -hmm. of where you're going. All of this will be driven by big data, an AI that has a sense and using the sensors on your phone and you're already giving a lot of information, it knows when you wake up, it knows when you go to bed. It has history over the course of days uh, to that information. That system will adapt to you. Just like we joked about 30 years ago where the guy walked through his brand new mansion and the, you know, the rooms changed to the hue of light that he wanted. We mm -hmm. live in that world now, we do. So basically, mobile version shouldn't even be a question. It should be an automatic. <laughs> Seven billion people have a mobile phone, and a fraction of that have a desktop. Mm -hmm. Do the math. Yep. Do the math. And some of them are coming over really bad internet. Do the math. Commerce. Mm -hmm. You know, global, true global commerce is 7 billion people that don't have bank accounts. That's global commerce. And that's why you're seeing stuff like, you know, cryptocurrencies changing that, that, that mindset because now all mm -hmm. of a sudden people that never had a means of doing financial transactions or even having savings or going, for, going from one country to the other without having to worry about, you know, the border agents basically taking the money out of your whatever. Because there's a lot, well, you're Ukrainian, you know what border guards can be. I've definitely been, yeah. I've met a lot of border guards in the past few years. <laughs> Come to me with the washroom. Give me, you know, X amount of money you're allowed through. Mm -hmm. Okay. We think we have it hard. We don't, you know, we really yeah. don't. <laughs>
We really don't. And that's the before, difference. Before we, yeah. I was going to say, before we get too off topic and yeah, yeah. <laughs> too into, because this could keep going. This, well, see, that's the beauty of it. But yes, we're going to wrap it down. What we're going to do is uh, we're taking a break uh, for this week. We're going to uh, hopefully recap on Tuesday. Uh, for those watching along, hopefully uh, I've been a bit uh, more contrasty and less brighty and uh, Ariel has been more less saturated and more crisp and Trevor has been engaging as usual and hopefully everybody has enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, this this was an interesting conversation. Like I said, I go into these things cold and uh, not all the time the answers are, are, are on target uh, because there are <laughs> spider bits. But yeah, the neural implant, uh, implant alone will revolutionize what the input is. I know. I know. Okay. On that note, take care, everybody.